Welcome, everybody, to today's episode of the Jadava Show. I am your host, Jacob Valier. Glad to have you with us on a Monday morning. Hope you all had a great weekend. I uh, don't know if you did uh, completed your early voting, but I did. Early voting is done. Election day is tomorrow. Uh, hope you all had a great last weekend before uh, whatever chaos uh, ensues this week. And hope you had a great time watching week eight of the NFL season. Uh, actually, very boring set of games you know every once in a while every nfl season there seems to be at least one or two weeks where the games all just sort of fall flat where everybody's fantasy teams just sort of fall flat uh and for me that was yesterday i mean yesterday watching those games um it was just i mean well first of all the chiefs and the jets game was not entertaining in the least 35 to 9 the titans and the packers really didn't even put up a fight two five and one teams uh buffalo again they look you know, discouraging. I know they're six and two, the Bills, but they just don't look very good um, right now. They have Josh Allen back to back games without a touchdown pass. Uh, I thought that they were on the right track. They're six and two, but they're bad six and two right now, and I have my concerns about them. Uh, the Rams put up almost no fight uh, in their game against Miami, uh, and we'll get into that as well. Uh, Tua Tungavailoa's first NFL start, and uh, the Chargers just blew what was. Probably a golden opportunity to get Herbert another win. They were up uh, twenty-four to three late, midway through the third quarter, and they lost thirty-one to thirty. That's just such a typical Chargers loss. The Saints blew a late lead, but ended up winning in overtime. Uh, and the 49ers didn't really put up a fight against Seattle, and neither did Dallas against Philadelphia. So there were a lot of boring games, but I wanted to start with one. Um, you know, they call it overreaction. Monday for a reason, and uh, that's why I am going to calm everybody's nerves and stoke the fires around the latest overreaction to this NFL season. Uh, and last night we had the, or yesterday with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens game, uh, two heavyweights, the five and one Steelers. I mean, the five and one Ravens against the undefeated six and zero Steelers. Uh, Pittsburgh won 28-24. Now, what did we learn when I watch games? Uh, especially between two playoff teams like Baltimore and Pittsburgh are, my first instinct is to think, what did I learn from both teams? I think I learned more about Baltimore yesterday than I learned about Pittsburgh. What did we learn about Pittsburgh? Well, next to nothing. Oh, they don't really have much of an offense. We learned that. Big Ben's got the short passing game. They have a middle-of-the-pack running game, and their offensive line is you know, a little bit spotty. And they've got, you know, sort of unknowns still at wide receiver. Smith Schuster's okay. Uh, Chase Claypool's a rookie, and Deontay Johnson's inconsistent. He had one catch for six yards. Uh, and James Conner yesterday, entering yesterday, uh, was averaging uh, 4.7 yards in attempt. He averaged 3.1 yesterday. Um, so I think I didn't really learn much about Pittsburgh. Their defense, yes, they're good. They get after the quarterback, and they get after passes that are in the air. But at the same time, I learned more about Baltimore. And I, and I said this a little bit when Baltimore lost to Kansas City on Monday Night Football a few weeks ago, that they are the prototypical team that looks – they're kind of like uh, Green Bay in this sense. They're like Green Bay in the sense that they are shot fighters once you get a little bit of pressure on them. They're front runners. Baltimore has won games this season by a score of 38 to 6, 
33 to 16, uh, 31, 17, 27 to three. Those are the games that Lamar Jackson has won. And when he's in those games, he's amazing. You know, he's, he's throwing touchdowns. He's running for touchdowns. Still one of the most dynamic playmakers in the NFL, Lamar Jackson. He's great. Anybody after yesterday saying that, oh, Lamar Jackson's all of a sudden a bum, you know, you need to get your, you know, you need to get your eyes checked because a lot of times when you watch one game that happens to be on national TV, you really don't get to see the full scope. What I learned yesterday about Lamar Jackson is that the good defenses and the good intimidating teams like Pittsburgh and Kansas City, he can't stand up to them. Even the Tennessee Titans, Lamar Jackson, can't look in the face and say, okay, you know, this is a team I'm going to beat. I think confidence is a big thing for Lamar Jackson. And I think that was what he was lacking yesterday against the division rival Steelers. He committed four turnovers. That's a career high. Um, By the way, his two biggest, his two biggest uh, turnover days in his career are coming. Both of his career starts against Pittsburgh. Three of his five career regular season losses have come to Kansas city. He gets intimidated by these teams. In the playoffs, those are huge games. Lamar gets intimidated. They get blown out both times. It happens. There are quarterbacks who are like that, who probably aren't weathered to just be Super Bowl contenders every year. Now, I still think that the 5-2 and Ravens are Super Bowl contenders. I think they're one of the best teams in the NFL. And I think talent-wise on that roster, they are better than I think anybody else in the league, top to bottom. I think they're better than Pittsburgh roster-wise. But Pittsburgh has a championship-caliber quarterback. They have a championship-caliber head coach. They have a seasoned top-five defense, and they've got nice young receivers that can make up for their old quarterback losing his arm strength. This is a team that's built to win in October, November, late October, November, and December, and eventually January, the Steelers are, and I believe that they'll make the playoffs. Uh, they'll win their next three games to get to 10-0. and because uh, who do they play? They play Dallas, Cincinnati, and Jacksonville, so they'll win those three games. This is this Ravens team is is puzzling to me because they were one of my picks to win the Super Bowl. I still think Kansas City is the favorite, in my opinion, to win the Super Bowl, but I thought Baltimore would at least make the AFC Championship game. They just don't look like they can stand up to those teams the way that Kansas City and Pittsburgh and Tennessee can. Those teams can stand in the face of the big opponents, the Chiefs. Who did they take down last year? Houston, Tennessee, and San Francisco. Three great teams with three great coaches and three great quarterbacks. Say what you want about Bill O'Brien. The dude's won, I think, three playoff games in his career. Dude's not, dude knows how to coach in the playoffs. He won a playoff game with Brock Osweiler. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. They looked like a turnover-prone mess at home yesterday. Their second home loss of the year. They're undefeated on the road. They just they seem to struggle a little bit more when they're in Baltimore, which is sort of uncharacteristic of Lamar Jackson to lose these games and to throw interceptions. You know, he's not a guy that throws picks. But I learned a lot yesterday watching him. I, I can't unsee Lamar Jackson going up against a division rival at home in a must-win game and committing four bad turnovers. I, I just can't unsee that. I talk about it all the time. There's some things in life you can't unsee, especially in football. That was a big deal to me. I didn't learn anything about the Steelers. I think they're good. 
I think they're a bit overrated. I don't really think Pittsburgh – they have the fifth most points in the NFL. It wouldn't tell I wouldn't believe it by watching them. You know, they've actually scored 26 or more points in all seven games this year. I had no idea. They can score. It doesn't feel like they're a good offense. It doesn't feel like Ben Roethlisberger this year is completing 68% of his passes, 15 touchdowns, four picks. Now he's averaging 9.7 yards of completion. I learned exactly what I knew about ben, Big Ben already. Oh, he's not throwing deep passes anymore. He's just throwing a lot of underneath stuff. I knew that. That's not shocking. That's sort of how it's always been. 6.6 yards per attempt. Oh, that's how it's been all year for Big Ben. He's not the same aggressive guy he used to be. But 15 touchdowns, four interceptions, that means in seven games, four picks, Big Ben is taking care of the football better than he ever has. And the Steelers, I was wrong about him. I don't think they're the best team in the NFL. But I think they are among the five or three best teams in all of football. Top to bottom, they don't really have a deficiency besides having an old quarterback and, you know, maybe just outside of a top eight, top ten offensive line. And their running game is a little suspect. Defensively, I think they're great. I don't like how they're getting into shootouts with these teams like Tennessee and Baltimore, um, and even Philadelphia. But... And, and look, their schedule gets easy. They'll be 10-0, and 0 and everybody will be fawning over the Pittsburgh Steelers after they beat Dallas, Cincinnati, and Jacksonville. Okay, but then the Thanksgiving game against Baltimore, that's the game of the year for the Steelers. Watch out for them. That game yesterday, don't overreact. The Steelers are great. They're not the best team in the league, even though their record says they are. Don't overreact. The Ravens are still good. They just can't compete with those great teams like Pittsburgh and Kansas City. Okay, so uh, I've been saying on this show for a while now that, you know, we've seen Joe Burrow, we've seen Justin Herbert, we've seen these guys absolutely ball out in their first six to seven starts in the NFL, and they've been great. Joe Burrow just beat Tennessee yesterday. Okay, Justin Herbert almost beat the division rival Broncos yesterday if it weren't for his defense falling apart. Uh, so I said, with those two guys being great, being more than great. Burrow and Herbert might be pro bowlers as rookie NFL quarterbacks. With those guys being great, there is only one way for Tua Tungavailoa's season to go from here, and that is he needs to be even better because he's currently on a 4-3 and three team. Burrow's on a 2-5-1 and one team, and Herbert's on a 2-5 and five team. The Chargers and Bengals are going nowhere fast, Okay. The Dolphins look like borderline playoff team, like they could potentially win the AFC East this year with a great coaching staff with Brian Flores, and all of a sudden they've got a flashy rookie quarterback in Tua Tungavailoa. Oh, my gosh, they've got these nice young receivers, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams. They've got a tight end in Gesicki. They've got a running back in Miles Gaskin. They've got a defense and a special teams, and oh, my goodness, the Dolphins have everything. Four and three. They look better than New England. They'll beat the Patriots next time they play them. They could have a real good chance of beating Buffalo when they play them. I take the Dolphins right now over. I take the the Dolphins look more impressive than the Bills. There is a lot to like about Miami, and that is why Tua cannot afford to go out there and look terrible the rest of this season. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I watched most of that Dolphins-Rams game yesterday, and the Dolphins killed it. Jared Goff had no time to throw. Brian Flores was heckling him from the beginning. And 
The Dolphins had a good running game. They had they played incredible defense. They had a punt return touchdown. Everything everything seemed to be going their way. But Tua was 12 of 22, 93 yards a touchdown. Almost threw a bad pick. And he was strip sacked on his very first drop back of the game. And I'm watching Tua and I'm thinking, huh, this experiment may not be going the way that I thought it would go for Miami. Hmm. Now I was excited about Tua's first NFL start. I told him about I told you all about the expectations that I had for Tua. I said he needs to go out there and he needs to be great. I saw a wobbly football. I saw a guy who wasn't willing to take chances downfield. I saw a guy who on 14 completions in the NFL has only amassed 103 yards. I've seen a guy that doesn't look particularly comfortable throwing the football against NFL defenses in a little over a start worth of football. Because I'm looking at the game yesterday, and I'm stunned that the LA Rams figured out a way to lose this game because the game was right there in their hands. The Dolphins ran 44 less plays than the Dolphins. They were outrushed, or the Dolphins were outrushed by the Rams. The Dolphins had 90 passing yards. The Rams had 340. The Dolphins had 145 total yards. The Rams had 471. The Dolphins had three third down conversions all day. The Rams had seven. They had the Dolphins had eight first downs all day. The Rams had 31. And the Dolphins won by 11. How does that happen in today's NFL? Trust me, it would have been a lot uglier if we had old Fitzmagic back there. I get it. You need to see what you have in Tua. You need to get him some live reps in game because there was no preseason. This makes all the sense in the world to me. But if Tua Tungavailoa does not perform well, look at who they play the next few games. They got some defenses that you could burn. They got Arizona, the Chargers, Denver, the Jets, Cincinnati. Those are their next five games. And he just won his first NFL start against the Rams. If, if they can go, I mean, I, I, there's no reason that the Dolphins should not at least go 4-1 and one over that stretch. They should beat Denver and the Jets, and I think they should beat the Chargers and the Bengals. You could make an argument that they could potentially beat Arizona. What if they win all five? They get to 8-3. and three. Two is a quarterback of an 8-3 and three NFL team. Oh, my gosh. But I, yesterday was not encouraging. They're not going to win like that every week. The Dolphins' defense and special teams, they're good. They're not that good. They just had a great week. Tua, I don't even think he was bad yesterday. I don't think he's that bad. I saw him play at Alabama. He's got a rifle of a left arm. But this is the problem that I've always had with quarterbacks that come from big schools. That's why if I'm an NFL GM that needs a quarterback in the 2021 draft, I'm not touching Justin Fields. Those guys, you know, Justin Fields, oh, he played great at Ohio State. Excuse me, everyone plays great at Ohio State. Oh, well, uh, Tua played great at Alabama. Well, everybody wins at Alabama. Everybody wins at Ohio State. Everybody wins at Georgia. Everybody wins at Clemson. Everybody does. There's nothing special about Dwayne Haskins or, or Tua Tungavailoa or Justin Fields. There's nothing special about those guys. There was nothing special about Marcus Mariota. Oh, but he came from a great program at Oregon. 
Everybody seems to win at Oregon. Everybody seems to win at Oklahoma. Those big air raid schools that you never hear of, those are where you need to put your focus on. I'll say it once, I'll say it again. Guys at smaller schools, they're dominating the NFL right now. Because everyone overlooked them. Everyone did. You don't overlook Tua Tungvaloa. You don't overlook Deshaun Watson. You don't overlook Joe Burrow. Who are the top five leaders in passer rating in the NFL right now? Russell Wilson of Wisconsin. Patrick Mahomes of Texas Tech. Aaron Rodgers of Cal Berkeley. Derek Carr of Fresno State. And Ryan Tannehill of Texas A&M. That's who's dominating the NFL right now. Drew Brees has the most touchdown passes in league history. He went to Purdue. Peyton Manning's number three. He went to Tennessee. Brett Favre's number four. He went to Southern Mississippi. Okay? Do you understand? Everybody at those schools, they all win. Ben Roethlisberger has won two Super Bowls. He's dominating the NFL. He's the only undefeated quarterback. Went to the University of Miami at Ohio. You don't need to, I, I don't trust these big name quarterbacks, big big school quarterbacks who just go in and they go undefeated at Alabama or they go undefeated at Clemson or Ohio State and all the draft experts are fawning over them because all they do is throw to NFL caliber receivers. They're throwing to NFL receivers who are just happen to still be playing college football. Like when Haskins was at Ohio State, he was still throwing to Terry McLaurin. That was an NFL receiver playing in college. Tua last year, or excuse me, uh, A.J. McCarron, when he was at Alabama, everybody was saying, oh, my gosh, A.J. McCarron. Oh, he was thrown to guys like Julio Jones and Amari Cooper during his time at Alabama. He looked amazing. Yeah, whatever. Don't really care about A.J. McCarron. Ended up being a fifth-round pick. Hadn't really played a worth a dang in his seven years in the NFL. But he went to Alabama. He was always on national TV. Always, everyone always saw A.J. McCarron. Here's the thing. Let me drop back into Tua. Big-name school, Alabama. Won national titles, beat Georgia in the national championship game. Was perennially one of the more dynamic quarterbacks, and he won almost every single game he played. All of them. He beat out Jalen Hurts for the starting job. Jalen Hurts is an NFL quarterback. You look at him, he's making throws against NFL defenses. But look no farther than guys like Taj Boyd. Played at Clemson, won at Clemson, was great at Clemson, never had an NFL career. Dwayne Haskins played great at Ohio State, broke the school. You know, he threw 50 touchdowns in one year to only like eight interceptions. He was great. First round pick by Washington last year. Oh, 10 starts in, he's already been demoted to third string because he can't play. Don't be fooled by these big name quarterbacks. Tua is a big name, is a big school quarterback. He went to a big school, a program that's always winning with the best college coach of all time. This is where players are really made. Look at this Look at this week for him. He's playing the Arizona Cardinals. Second career start. He's got 24 throws under his belt now. And he started a game. Oh, and he won it. Didn't really have to face any pressure in that game. He got away best case scenario, except in the game he didn't play any, any good. He was out. The team that he was playing had 23 first downs, more first downs more than he did, and outgained him by 300 yards. Look, if they aren't absolutely a juggernaut in four weeks with Tua, it's already time to move on. The NFL is not patient anymore. You can't wait around and develop guys for four years. That's why Jordan Love won't work in the NFL. 
You can't wait around for four years like you used to. Tua needs to be great now. Look at Burrow. Look at Herbert. Those guys are great and winning right now. So I think the pressure is now is especially on Tua after his first NFL start to be even better because I didn't see anything from him in his first start that would indicate that I'm excited about a future of his in the NFL. All right, we do this every week. Uh, we call it Good, Bad, and Ugly every Monday after the NFL week. Lots of good, lots of bad, plenty of ugly in the NFL weeks uh, every single week, and there was plenty this week. Here we go. Good. Who was good? Oh, Patrick Mahomes was great. 31 of 42, 416 yards, five touchdowns. Uh, I get it. It was the Jets. They're the worst team in the league. They're not competitive. But Patrick Mahomes is now 21, you know, and I said this at the beginning of the year, Patrick Mahomes is my MVP choice, even with Russell Wilson. I changed it to Russell Wilson, but Mahomes is still, look at Mahomes, 21 touchdown passes, one interception, has already thrown for over 2,000 yards. He's on pace for 4,600 yards and 42 touchdowns this year, and he's going to go 14-2, and hopefully. This team, this Chiefs team, they are about as unstoppable as I've ever seen. Last, They've won every way that you've asked them to win. They won ugly the last uh, two weeks against Buffalo and Denver in bad weather conditions. They blew both teams out. They were great. Okay, and then, oh, got to win where you have a bunch of fireworks. Mahomes throws for 416, five touchdowns, blows out the Jets at home. Oh, uh, we need uh, a defensive game. Well, they won that game against Buffalo. They won that game against New England. Uh They've won every way you've asked them to win. I don't know. How, I don't know what else you need to see out of Mahomes and the Chiefs, but they are about as dominant as I remember. I think they're possibly my best team in the NFL right this second. They are about as unstoppable as I have ever seen in the league. They play Carolina next week. That's a win. Then they have their bye week, and then they get a rematch with the Raiders. They'll beat Oakland again or Vegas again. Then they've got that all important Tampa Bay matchup. They'll be nine and one for that game. Tampa will be you know, maybe a two or three loss team. That'll be the biggest game of the year because after that, Denver, Miami, New Orleans, Atlanta, and the Chargers, they'll win all those games. They could be a 14-2 and two or 15-1 and one team. They are just absolutely imposing. I would be so, so worried about facing this team in December and January and then eventually February. They're still my Super Bowl team in my homes, just annihilating the Jets yesterday. Further proves my point. He is the best quarterback alive. Patrick uh, Russell Wilson might be the best overall football player, but Patrick Mahomes is the best overall quarterback throwing the ball, uh, playing situational football. Nobody does it right now better than Mahomes, so that was good. All right, what else was good? Uh, oh, my gosh. How about Russell Wilson? Four touchdown passes. He leads the NFL. He's It's neck and neck. This might be another case of, you know, neck and neck. I mean, everybody was talking about Tom Brady being a uh, MVP candidate. Mahomes and Russell Wilson are just dominating the NFL right now at a level I haven't even seen. Uh, Russell Wilson has thrown a touchdown pass on t over 10% of his passes this season. He's seven games in. They're 6-1. and one. He's got a 121 pass rating. I, I just th Those two guys are playing quarterback so much better than anybody else in the NFL right now, including Tom Brady. It isn't even funny. Um, so right now, look, this is – this is legit. Russell Wilson and that Seahawks team, the Seahawks are awful. They, they don't play defense. They let Nick Mullins walk up and down the field on them yesterday. Uh, they've given up at least 23 points in all seven games this season. They can't stop anybody. Nick Mullins just went up and down the field. 
uh, and they've given up 366 passing yards a game. That's terrible. Russell Wilson's the only thing keeping this team afloat right now. Uh, so they're the so Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. That's good. What else was good? Dalvin Cook was amazing. Holy cow! Dalvin Cook was look. You know the Vikings. They're a mess. You know they don't have a real defense anymore. Kirk Cousins. The Vikings are scared to let Kirk Cousins throw the ball. Thank goodness for Dalvin Cook, right? Averaging 5.3 yards an attempt, leading the NFL with 11 total touchdowns through six games. Six games. Dalvin Cook has scored 10 rushing touchdowns, and when he had a 50-yard receiving touchdown yesterday, ran for 163 yards, uh, received another 63 yards, scored a total of four touchdowns. This team, this Vikings team, is not very good, and Dalvin Cook is one of those rare running backs on a bad team that is absolutely carrying the load. He might end up with the most rushing touchdowns in the NFL this season. That was good. Mahomes, Wilson, Dalvin Cook. How about the Colts defense? I've been saying that they're good. How about the entire Colts team? I'll change it. I wrote down the Colts defense. I'm going to go with the entire Colts team. Phillip Rivers has hit his stride. He's had three touchdowns in back-to-back games. Opposing quarterbacks against the Colts have thrown more picks than touchdowns. Opposing passer rating of 76, 61 completion percentage, and they're averaging only 6.9 yards an attempt. Oh, and opposing defenses aren't even or running backs aren't even averaging three and a half yards a carry against the Colts this year. They're running the ball well. They're throwing the ball now really well, and they're running uh, or their defense is absolutely shut down caliber. The Colts are five and two. Look out. Don't look now, but they could potentially win this division. I still like the Titans over the Colts if they were to go head-to-head. But, boy, are the Colts good. I think they're a playoff team this year, no doubt. All right, so the good. Mahomes, Wilson, Dalvin Cook, and the Colts team overall. What was bad? Gosh. What was bad was Baker Mayfield. I know they called a touchdown back, but you only score six points at home against Vegas. Vegas has been giving up points to everybody this year, and Baker Mayfield went 12 of 25 for 122 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Uh, look, Kareem Hunt was carrying the ball well all day. They were giving him a decent running game. Baker Mayfield just was not hitting guys open. I've been saying it. Baker Mayfield is the only thing holding back what I think is an extremely talented football team right now, and if he does not get his act together, the Browns could be looking for a new guy next year. Yeah, I get it. You threw for 300 yards and five touchdowns against Cincinnati last week. Baker Mayfield always dominates Cincinnati. Come back to me when you dominate anybody else. Oh, yeah, came back to me yesterday, did not dominate the Vegas Raiders. In fact, did the exact opposite. Still not a believer in him. Still not a believer really in Cleveland. All right, the Packers run defense. That's bad. I, I praise Dalvin Cook in one breath, but out the other, I, I have to call out the, their, the Packers – horrible defense rushing defense they're giving up 4.7 yards a carry and 119 rushing yards a game guys are just sort of running the ball all over the place they've given up 10 touchdown runs all year they have allowed opposing quarterbacks to complete almost 72 percent of their passes and they've picked off two passes all year oh opposing quarterbacks have a 110 passer rating against green bay mike petton has given up look Mike Pettin is their defensive coordinator. They've lost games where the opponent quarterback has thrown 14 passes, which was last week, and they lost a playoff game yesterday where the quarterback threw eight passes. They they lost both of those games to Jimmy Garoppolo and Kirk Cousins. That says a lot about the defensive coordinator. Time to get him out. Time to get a new guy in there. It's not looking good for Green Bay. Their run defense is a problem. 
and that and not a good problem. And that's going to ultimately what hinders the Packers all year. Uh, boy, the Rams looked bad yesterday. Jared Goff looked bad. Now, I, I've been a supporter of Jared Goff on this show. I keep saying he's one of the best deep ball throwers, accuracy throwers in the NFL. He actually put together his third 300-yard game yesterday, starting to put together nice performances. But 13 touchdowns, six picks, 95 pass rating, that doesn't cut it in the NFL these days. He's not very mobile. Once pressure sort of you know gets to him, he throws the ball away. It's not exactly great. I don't love watching Jared Goff play football because I think he's a little lanky. I think he's a little awkward build. I just think he's got a big, strong, accurate arm. Um, the Rams just they, – they, they completely outplayed the Dolphins on offense, and they lost by 11. That says a lot about the quarterback. That says a lot about – the Dolphins had two touchdowns that were not offensive. That just goes to show you that they scored 28 points. 14 of them were defensive – came on defensive touchdowns. That tells me a lot about Jared Goff. He threw. He committed four turnovers yesterday in a game that they very easily could have won against a rookie quarterback. That's that's just not that's not encouraging to me if I'm a Rams fan. So that was bad. Uh, okay, what was ugly? Plenty of ugly. I'll start with Cam Newton. It's not working. This experiment for Cam Newton is not working. I know everybody in New England said, "Oh my gosh, here we come. We're gonna keep the dynasty alive." Uh, Cam's completing 66% of his passes. That's not bad, but in today's NFL, not great. Averaging 191 yards passing a game, definitely not great in today's NFL. Uh, and a 73 pass ring, that's among the lowest in the NFL. The Patriots are 2-5. and five. He hasn't thrown a touchdown pass Cam Newton since week three. Things are not looking good. I, I, I'm going to be straight up honest with you. This is... This is a bad season for the Patriots. They will go 4-12 and 12 at best this season because they have no offense. Jacoby Myers was their number one target yesterday. He's a fourth-string receiver on a good team. Okay, Bill Belichick knows this. I've been saying it all along. Belichick understands that this is a rebuilding team. They're not rebuilding. They're, they're re, redistributing. They're rebranding. Uh, they used to be Tom Brady. Well, Tom Brady's gone now. They've got Cam Newton. Cam hasn't been great in years. Okay, that's that's different. They have no wide receivers. They don't have a tight end. Their running back situation is fluid. And, oh, and everybody on their defense opted out. Bill Belichick knows that. This isn't a competitive season. This is Buffalo and Miami season to really be great. And they are. They look great right now. But Bill Belichick knows this is a rebuilding season. Cam Newton will stay out there as long as he's losing. And uh, they play the Jets next week. That's good. Oh, and then they get Baltimore. Good luck with that. Cam Newton. Forget about it. He hasn't been good at all this season. It's been ugly. Uh, what else has been ugly? Oh, my gosh. The Jets are awful. Speaking of the Jets, they are now 0-8. Adam Gase uh, should be should have to come in and have to tell Jets management why he should continue being the head coach. I know they're trying to tank. I know they want a high draft pick. But if I'm – I mean, if I'm the – Jets organization, I got to think about the fan base before I even think about, I mean, they're 0-8. Adam Gase, since entering, is 7-17 as the Jets head coach. They Sam Darnold has looked like he has regressed under Adam Gase. Sam Darnold has not thrown a touchdown pass since week three. Uh, the Jets, he's completing 58.6% of his passes. They have not scored more. They've scored one touchdown total in their last three games. Very Cowboys-esque. They're the worst team in the NFL. Adam Gase will be fired at the end of the year as they will not have a winning season guaranteed this year. Um, and they got to start seriously contending or tanking for Trevor Lawrence. That was really ugly. 
You know what else was ugly? The Chargers' ability to win. I'm going to put that in there. The Chargers' ability to win was ugly. Justin Herbert is playing his mind out right now. He's amazing. I think he's. I think the Chargers can go to sleep at night despite this loss. The Chargers can go to sleep tonight or last night and the rest of this season knowing that they are set at quarterback for the next decade and a half. Justin Herbert is a true stud at the quarterback position. 67 completion percentage, 15 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, 303 yards a game, 105 passer rating. The dude is sensational. The Chargers can't figure it out. Oh, out a way to win. 24 to 3 lead midway through the third quarter against Denver. Denver has no has had no offense all year. Drew Locke has struggled all season and they let them come all the way back and outscore you 20 excuse me 28 to 6 the rest of the game. In my opinion that's not acceptable. Not acceptable and the Chargers need to take a long hard look at that head coach before they seriously consider uh trying to get anything going offensively for Justin Herbert or defensively that offensive line's awful defense or uh, they have no pass rush anymore outside of Joey Bosa look they, they need to get a new head coach in the offseason I think they just lack leadership right now offensive line's terrible but they lack leadership as well they need a new head coach uh finally what was ugly uh, and there were probably other things that were ugly uh, but what was ugly was the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles yesterday. The NFC East had a bad week again, and the Giants get to play against Tom Brady tonight. That'll be ugly as well. So that'll be basically all around ugly. The Washington football team was on a bye week. Dallas yesterday, they they scored nine points. They have scored a grand total of 22 points in three games since Dak Prescott got injured. That is awful. They can't score anymore. They don't play defense. The only reason that they had a good defensive effort yesterday is because the Philadelphia Eagles look extremely undisciplined on offense this season. They they don't play any defense. We know that about Dallas. We always thought their strength would be offense. If they had any offense, they would luck their way into a few wins. They don't have that anymore without Dak. Andy Dalton stinks. Ben DiNucci. I mean, give me a break. Who they're putting out there is laughable. Go trade for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Go trade for Jameis Winston if you have to. Go sign Blake Bortles. Go sign Colin Kaepernick for all we know. You can't seriously tell me Andy Dalton and Ben DiNucci are your best shot at quarterback. Dallas stinks. They're 2-6. and six. They're fading faster than you think because they got Pittsburgh next week. Oh, and then a couple weeks after the bye week, boom, Dalvin Cook comes to town. That won't be fun. But let's not absolve Philadelphia. Okay, Philadelphia looked awful. Carson Wentz. 12 interceptions, by far the leader in the NFL in picks. Uh, 58.4 completion percentage, 73 pass rating, 235 passing yards a game. It's just not, I don't know what's wrong with them. I, I was a big believer in Carson Wentz heading into this season. I still think the Eagles will win this division. If not, I think it might be Washington. But they, Carson Wentz, I know he's playing the deck chairs, but Travis Fulgham looks good. They got Jalen Rieger back. I think he's pretty good. They got Dallas Goddard back. I think he's pretty good. Well, Carson Wentz is still struggling out there. I don't get it. Against the worst defense in the NFL, I don't understand it. It looks ugly. The whole NFC East looks ugly right now. One of these sorry teams has to eventually win the NFC East eventually. Uh, I used eventually way too many times there. That's enough for me. Uh, We will see you tomorrow on a Tuesday. Glad that you stuck around this late. Uh, Shout out to Jay Miller. Uh, for providing this microphone to me. If you noticed, I'm using a microphone for the first time in show history. 
uh, would not be done without uh, Ashburn's finest, Jay Miller. So, Jay, if you're out there listening, thank you uh, for donating this microphone to me. It's gone a long way. Hope that the quality sounds better for all of my faithful listeners. Uh, We will be back tomorrow on Election Day. Have a great rest of your Monday. Hope you enjoy the games tonight. And uh, we will see you for another episode of the Jadava Show tomorrow. Thank you for listening, and have a great rest of your day. I'm your host, Jacob Valliere.